Mark, you once told me about an amazing adventure and journey that you've taken with a, a bunch of high school kids, and I kind of wanted to ask a couple questions regarding that adventure. How did you? How did that all start? What's, how did it start? The kids were in junior high school, and Chris Lagerloff, the junior high pastor, called me and said, "Hey, one of the small group leaders, um, had, you know, is sick and couldn't come this week. Would you mind leading the group for the week?" And I said, sure. I'm only doing it for one week. That's it. No longer than one week. Sixth graders are little spawns of Satan at that age. So I said, that's it. So I went one week, and then the next week, the small group leader was sick again. And then the next week, he was sick again. So I went back three weeks, and then Lag said, hey, can you please just stay with these kids throughout the year? And I said, okay, Lord, here I go. Like, I hate this. I don't enjoy it. And then, um, 12 years later, I'm still with them. That is amazing. And I, I think as a, you know, as a, a parent and as uh, kids get older and into those teen years, um, the importance of having a group that they can um, share with and talk to, that they feel comfortable with, how did you create an environment that was like that, or did you? Well, I think the difference was that, and I don't know if every group doesn't do this or does it or whatever, but um, they knew that no matter what they said, no matter what they did, no matter who they did it with or, you know, whatever, that I would never leave them. They would never be alone. And that even at times when I could be bummed, I was still holding them and hugging them and loving them and making sure that I was they, that they knew I was bummed but that my love for them would never decrease or increase. So they could not give me anything to make me love them more, and they could not take away anything to make me love them less. So they felt like they were in a safe place, and that caused them to kind of go, okay, if there's anyone we could trust, let's let's trust him. And then I had to really work hard at keep, keeping that trust and sustaining that trust. Now, when you say you started in the sixth grade, what did that look like, and how many years was that looking like that? What was a typical... Well, it, it was WrestleMania every week. I mean, it was just... All it was was I was a babysitter. And I'd try to say, hey, let's pray. And I, and then I just realized that I wasn't going to fight that fight. And the way that I was going to um, be Jesus to them um, was just by being there. Just by showing up. Letting them... You know, trying to get them together to pray for even a minute. Um, and, and I realized that after the first year, I was able to actually get their attention because they're like this guy's not leaving can't and get rid of him can't get rid of him so we might as well listen to him and the the running joke was that in eighth grade i had all of the guys wear white shirts and blue jeans and do like a kind of a family picture and all the parents were like we can't even get them to do that for us how the <laughs> heck are you doing that and i was like you just got to be there and so hmm. you would meet with them every week every week and for an hour or an hour sometimes it was only a half hour you know but um and did they all show up how many were there the group because they would invite their friends went anywhere from 10 to sometimes we would have 30 and it would just fluctuate it would fluctuate but it's funny how you know in the world of facebook and myspace and all that 
um, all the kids that showed up. And there was 140 kids from the beginning to the end that actually showed up. Wow. And I have all 140 of them on my Facebook writing me going, hey, that one time I was in your group, did and it's like, really? And when you met with, if, if a new person came in, did they sign something? How did you keep track of all the 140? I mean, did, um, did they I, get their email, or what was the... No. They, it, I didn't have to. Right. Like, for me, it was... Um, making sure that the kids that did know them knew, like, I would talk to them and say, hey, make sure you tell your friend right. that I'm still here if they need me to call me. Right. And it's amazing that they would. Yeah. After one time. They're that like, thirsty for it. They're that uh, hungry for it. And I'm an idiot. So the fact that I can do it, I mean, I remember one time saying, I'm the worst small group leader ever. Why am I doing this? And Kenton said to me, he goes, oh, you are the worst small group leader. But if God wanted Billy Graham to be their small group leader, he would have made Billy Graham their small group leader. So you are the best small group leader for these kids because that's who God has chosen. Huh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. But Poor what kids. about what about you know everybody? Parents and what are you talking? Are you praying or what about the Bible? What what was it? Typical? The only thing the only thing <clears throat> the parents ever knew was that um, they weren't going to hear anything from me. So if let's even say the child was in danger of something. You know, they were doing t so many drugs that they could die. The only time I would tell the parents that, and the parents knew this, was if I took the kid and the kid told the parents in front of me, which I would make sure of. So you had a somewhat of a of a contract with the parents that you said, this is who I am. I met this with is the parents I'm... twice, three times a year, would talk okay. to them all the time. Um, I had an open communication with them, but they knew that never would I say anything to them without their child present. Right. And, you know, if I knew their child was life or death situation i would you know have all my friends come and meet me at that kid's house you know tie him up and take him to his parents right. house so it Make was sure going to happen but the child would always be there and i think that trust allowed the child to kind of go okay and the trust that the parents had for me they knew that i would make the right decision so at times they kind of like oh my child's doing drugs oh okay great you take care of it <laughs> Oh, what an amazing story of being able to keep with it and just showing up. It's funny because I don't feel like it's an amazing story because it's just so natural. Once you start doing it, it's just natural. So it's like, it's kind of cool because I get to go, I look, I get to look pretty cool, you know, just by doing what naturally comes to you. So it's, it really, I think by putting kind of amazing story on that, um, I kind of don't like to do that. Because I want other people to know it's really not that hard and anyone can do it. This is not like, oh my gosh, one out of a hundred people can do this. But it's anyone amazing it. the impact that you had on these kids' lives and you continue to have by just showing up, essentially. Well, it's amazing what God can give you the strength to do. Because originally, I never felt like I'd have the strength to do it. And even going through life... and me seeing my own sin in my life, you know, and then still knowing that I had to lead these kids, um, keeps you accountable to that. Yeah. So again, it's not, that's an amazing story. It's amazing what God can do, um, with the biggest idiot, Mark Curian, to work into the lives of these kids. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with me. It, it has nothing to do with how amazing the, it, it has to do with how easy God makes something that is so purely him.